This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Today's show actually ends up being a little bit personal for me, being that I am a dad and an entrepreneur. Our guest today has a business where all he does is coach dad entrepreneurs on how to create more time with the family while still being able to support the business. He's got some great frameworks, some great ideas, some great strategies on how to do this because so many of us get caught up and while we think we're creating a business so that we can give more to our family, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes the business ends up consuming more of us than we'd like and definitely more than our kids were like. So if you are struggling with time and being able to balance the time between the two, I really want you to get ready to take some notes, really listen to today's episode. I want to welcome to today's show, Jordan Abaroa with The Present Entrepreneur and his framework and strategies for how you can invest more in your family and get more time at home. Well, hey, Jordan, welcome to the show today. Yeah, so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. We just met right before the show. And I think we had a great conversation. So I'm really excited to get into this and to share some of your wisdom with our audience. So tell me, so you focus on working with dad entrepreneurs. So what's the biggest myth we tell ourselves? Because I fall in that bucket too. Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? So you have to break those two words apart, really. You've got entrepreneur and you got dads. The biggest surrounding kind of the combination of the whole thing, though, is that the greatest value that we present, not only as a dad, right? Because we could be a dad and go make money however we want. But then as an entrepreneur, you combine those together. The greatest myth that's out there is that this lie that our value is tied to the size of our bank account. That is the biggest freaking problem and the biggest myth that we have out there right now. And so as a dad, when we truly believe that, we start hustling and grinding to go provide for our family because that's the ultimate value that we have. And what do we end up doing? We actually end up distancing ourselves from our family in such a way that we can't actually be present and powerful and impactful with our families. So the biggest problem that I see right now is that we've got too many dads that believe their value is tied to the size of their bank account. When reality, the world needs more powerful dads who are present and impactful in their own homes, right? That they're there and they're creating, they're leading their families in a unique and powerful way. Reminds me of a little simple truce book. I don't know if you've ever seen these, a coffee table book. And it says to a child, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Yeah. And I think there's so much truth in what you're saying. And I can't tell you how many times people come to me and they're like, Ryan, I need your help. And I say, what's going on? They say, well, I'm ready to sell my business, but no one wants to buy it (laughs) because I'm the only one that can do all of this stuff. I need help building a team and hiring better people and everything else. And I'm like, when do you want to sell? They're like, yesterday. I'm like, oh, we're way off base here. We need five years right, to fix this. And so I love that you got that message because we can. Our value is not tied to the size of the bank account. I absolutely agree with that. But if you get this message early enough, there's probably things you can do about it. So why does this myth exist? Why do people continue telling them that this selves that their value is tied to the size of their bank account and they forget about the family they got at home or they distance themselves because they pour themselves into work. This is what I see. They pour themselves into work so that they can give their family more. But what their family really wants is more of them, not more of what they're giving them from the work, right? Yeah, it's such a weird way of kind of thinking about it, right? Because we know 
When we become dads for the first time, like immediately, we've all had those freaking sleepless nights and freaking hard sweats where we're just like, crap, dude, how in the world am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to provide? How am I going to do all that crap? And, and none of that's wrong because we wear that title. When we become a dad, we are a provider, a protector, and a leader, period. Like that's just who we are when we do that. The problem is though, is that the way that the world has just always evolved and grown is that the provider, whoever that may be, right? And we can get into all sorts of different ways, but the man has primarily been the provider. And so therefore they're the one out in the field. They're the one working. They're the one working with their hands and bringing home the food and doing all that hard work, which is great and fantastic. And don't get me wrong. We freaking need that. That is not to take away from that at, at all. But because of that, we get into our world today and we think, well, we have to make money. Money is how we provide. Money is how we put food on the table and money is how we take care of things. And what I've recognized with that whole thing, though, is there are so many other ways to provide that if we only limit ourselves to provide equals money, then what we miss out on is our role as a father to provide emotionally, spiritually, educationally. Yes, financially is a part of that, but it's only a part, not the whole thing. And the truth is, is too, is that when I worked in, when I worked for other people, the corporate America wants you to believe that lie too, because then they get more out of you, right? It's about profit, right? For them in these large corporations and these large businesses. But what I've recognized, there's this thing called profit, which is money, but there's this thing called life profit too, which is my ability to live the life that I want and then pour back into my family, right? That's where I think things have kind of gotten off. You got corporate America that wants you to believe that your value is tied to your bank accounts that they'll just, you'll give more to it. And traditionally, the man has always been that provider. So how does that work? Well, go make more money, but that's not how it always works. And that's not how it should work. The world needs more powerful dads today, period. Like we totally get the statistics that come from an absent father, but very few of us, at least now there's starting to be a few voices that are coming out, but very few of us have started to look at and go, well, what about a father who's there but isn't really there? I've started to coin this as the absent entrepreneur, the person who is in the home but is actually shunning their kids away because they're like, baby, I got to work right now, right? And I know this firsthand because when I started my business, I was that guy, 100%, because I had no idea what the freak I was doing. I started my business so I could go pursue a dream. And it was, wasn't until my wife showed me a picture and she was doing it out of love and support. And I was sitting at my desk in my home office and I had like made it kind of look cool. And I mean, I was hustling and I was grinding and I was, I was heads down working hard as I possibly could. And across the table from me, across the desk was my little girl just staring at me. And when I saw that picture for the first time, man, it woke me to freak up. Because what was ever on that screen was apparently more important than my little girl. And that was bull crap. Wow. Wow. That's powerful stuff right there. I just that visual. You know, I've got a little girl at home and I still struggle with what you're talking about. And I'm sure that it's, it's probably a lot easier to say, oh, it's just do it than it actually is to do it. But my little girl and I, she's eight years old now and she comes in and she's like, daddy, I want to work with you. So I give her a little homework assignment to get a little thing. She sits at the desk at me. We work together. And really, a lot of the stuff she's doing is school schoolwork type stuff. So, it, you know, it's a way we get to spend some time together. But, you know, one of the most difficult challenges for me, and I'm sure a lot, a lot of guys do this, like I moved home, moved my office home so I can spend more time with them. Well, that made it so much harder to disconnect. <laughs> and I see this happen a lot with people that leave corporate and go into entrepreneurship. They thought they worked a lot for corporate. 
But then they become an entrepreneur and they're like 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. Yeah, I remember a part-time job. Like It's like all of a sudden we're working 70, 80, 100 hours a week. It may not feel like it because it's not all the time. But if you add it all up, and I know about you, but for me, it, it's I'm always thinking about work. So even being present, even with I'm with them physically, I may not always mentally be there. A lot of stuff that goes into as your personal message is really hitting home today. So yeah, there's a ton that goes into it. And it's, and I love what you said there too, that you struggle with it. The truth is like, I still struggle with it. So this is my whole business and my message and my mission. And like, you get this weird imposter syndrome that pops up when you're talking about trying to be the best dad that you can be and be successful at business. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there thinking about work when I'm with them. So for me, the whole point of being a present entrepreneur by, by being more present and impactful is not that we're gonna be fantastic at it all the time and it's one decision and done. I think this it's, it's a daily commitment is what it is. And it's all about the process and the journey, not the destination, because I'll never be the best dad in the world. It's not a destination that you get to, but it's something I can wake up and just try really hard at today and then wake up again tomorrow and tomorrow. In fact, the, the whole premise of everything, it comes from a Bible verse. I'm a, I'm a faith going person. And there's a Bible verse that I've always heard my entire life, but it really woke me up one day. And I think it was divine inspiration that really hit me. It said, Joshua 24, 15, choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'd grown up with that. It's on every freaking Walmart in the world that you can go buy it and all that stuff. But I remember reading that and I was like, man, which day is he talking about I'm supposed to choose? And I just kept chewing on that and thinking about that. And this was a guy who was trying to do the impossible, take over for freaking Moses. Like that's impossible. I mean, he parted the Red Sea and did all his miracles. Like how in the world are we supposed to do that? And this is later on in his life that somebody's talking about this and he gives this answer. And I think what I got from it and what I gained from that moment was he very intentionally didn't choose a day you're supposed to choose. But what he's helping us understand is just choose every day. That if you want to accomplish the impossible, don't think about the impossible. Just choose every single day. And so, yeah, man, we're going we're gonna to have days where we struggle. We're going to have moments where it's hard and it's difficult and, and we're not the best dads. But the best thing about this life is that we get a reset button every single night. So today I might have been the best dad in the world, but guess what? It resets. And I can't rely on that when I get to tomorrow and vice versa. Today I could have been the crappiest dad in the world. But tomorrow I can wake up and I can choose again, right? And I love what you had said there. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. But if, as long as we just keep trying those things. And sometimes we don't have time because we're away and we're working. So I think love is actually spelled with time, energy, and money. Because we can invest all of those to create powerful moments with our families. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I have to remind myself all the time. So I, I struggle with this idea of being perfect. And oh, I can't do it until it's done. And you know, I, I tell myself all the time, like progress, not perfection. That's more important is progress. And so just moving forward. So I'm sure there are people listening going, well, you know, I'm not a dad or my kids are moved out or I don't really know how to apply what you're talking about. Let's talk about some things that they can do to apply this. And I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but probably can go beyond your kids. It can probably make you a better boss, a better leader, you have a better business. There's probably a lot of ways that this could impact your life if you're not a dad or your kids are kids have moved on. So let's talk about a couple of actions that our listeners can take some one or two things that you're like, here's a step you need to take this week. And when you do it, 
you're going to move towards and make some progress. Yeah, I love it. And you're absolutely right. I focus on fatherhood because I'm a father and I need this just as I know so many do. But I've worked with tons of different businesses over my time and in my own personal business and agency that not all of them are fathers, but the principles still apply, right? And, and I think it's important to recognize that our business is designed to serve us. Sometimes we don't get that. Sometimes we think that it's just designed to give us money, but our business is designed to serve us the three currencies of life, which is time, energy, and money. And if it's not serving us those things, we need to reevaluate it. So no matter where you are in your business and your entrepreneurship or, or wherever you are in your life, understanding that the work that you do should serve you. In fact, that's the first thing that I start with anybody that I ever work with, whether it's in my agency, whether it's with our dads and our dad groups or whatever it may be. We start off by just recognizing first and foremost that it's time, energy, and money are the three currencies of life. And I need to get clear on how much I want of all of them. So tactically, literally what we sit down and do is we sit down and we go, cool, what does not your ideal work life look like? Because great, we might not be working if we thought about the ideal or whatnot, right? But what does the next level look like? Right now we're working 40, 50, 100 hours a week like we were talking about as an entrepreneur. Just what does the next level look like for you? And we just get really clear on, well, right? I'll speak for me right now. I don't start work until nine and I'm done at three. But why is that important? It's because I wanna take my kids to school. I wanna have breakfast with them. I wanna wake up and be there when they're there. And then I wanna pick them up from school. And from three until about eight, I it's family time. Because we got sports, we got gymnastics we're running to, we got all sorts of things. So I just got really, really clear on the work time. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. Like I'm still working a, a good amount of hours, but between the hours of 6:30 when my kids get up until 7:30 when they go to school, and then a little bit of time with my family, clean up and do some things there. Great. I'm not doing any work, but I might be up at five, and that's okay. And I might be up at eight or nine. In fact, we've got some international clients in New Zealand. I'm up a little bit later so that I, we can we can work those. So I get it but I've gotten immensely clear on the amount of time that I'm gonna to devote to my family first. And I made sure that I build walls around that. Same thing with energy and energy is an interesting one because energy to me, you can build and or destroy energy, right? That's something that is a, there's energy builders and there's energy drainers. So I've gotten really clear as I start my days and end my days, what things give me energy at work doing conversations like this, teaching, working one-on-one, -on -one, they build energy. So I try and put those at the last part of my day before I transition to being a dad. So I have more energy as I go back into it. Now, I'm terribly dyslexic, which means if I end my day trying to write out some content and I've got to edit it and I see that red squiggly line underneath it, man, I just get pissed and frustrated. So I don't do that at the end of the day. Why? Because if I'm pissed and frustrated at the end of my workday, when I walk out my home office to my family, I bring that energy to them. And so I try and build energy builders. The most important thing though, for any business owner that I work with is we have to get really, really, really clear on the amount of money that we want to bring home to our families. Why is this so important? It's because it's, I believe in building a business that's simplest to the cash. So many business owners, once again, we think that our value is tied to our bank account. And so we got to go make $80,000 a month and be a million dollar business, if not more and more and more and more. When the reality is, is what does your family need? And let's just start there. 
maybe you and your family, and I work with dads that are, man, we, we talk about this and we talk about entrepreneurship and they're like, man, if I could just make $3,000 a month, that would be amazing for our family. Cool. Let's go build a business that does that then. Let's not worry about 80K right now. We can get there. Trust me. But first, we got to go start with what your family. That's one of the most tactical exercises that I do with anybody that I work with. And then from there, we can go build out a marketing plan, a fulfillment plan, right? A business model that all matches what those three currencies of life are and builds a business that serves you. You know, it was interesting. You reminded me of, I used to be involved in EO and I had a mentor in there one time and he says, says, Ryan, what is your business doing to fund the bank of Ryan's family? And that's how he put it. And I was like, I mean, at the time I was thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, no, 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 no. This business exists to serve you, not the other way around. And if this business is serving your family and you're getting everything you need from it, you don't need to have a $60 million a year business. Like it was really clear. Get your business to serve you, build a business to serve that. And it made me really rethink, you know, I stepped away from consulting and I moved into training and coaching because I can scale that easier. We do a lot of things virtually. I don't travel a lot because that allows me to be more home with the family. But, you know, it was interesting when you were talking, it got me thinking, this isn't just about the kids. It's not just about being a dad in the family time. I could actually block time and say, hey, I'm only going to deal with customer issues during these times. I'm only going to deal with training my employees or dealing with employee issues during these times. And you can actually block. I mean, this is what I heard. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we could actually block our days in such that we know how to end a block. And this was the most impactful part for me so that I go into the next block with the right mindset. Yeah. No, totally. You're 100% right. I, I frame everything through the lens of going and being a dad and a husband, but you're absolutely right. And I do very similar things, right? Like if I, like I said before, terribly dyslexic, hate editing, hate writing stuff out because it drives me nuts, right? It comes back to that little perfection thing where it's like, if it can't be perfect, don't do it. And if I'm writing it, it's not going to be perfect. Okay. And so, but if I know that it has to be done, then I can build an energy builder right before I go do it. So I bring some of that energy to it, right? So whatever it is in, in your business, maybe it is dealing with customers, maybe it is making some hard phone calls or finances, right? That's one that a lot of people don't love. Do something you love right before that so you carry some energy into it and you'll find yourself at least allowing that, that momentum to carry you through and then take a little break, right? Usually I, I'll have some sort of push-ups or squats or something around in my office too where it's like, Man, if it's a long day of content, I'll break up those segments by doing some exercise or something like that because that's an energy builder for me just naturally. That allows me to keep moving through some of the hard things. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. You know, and I do think that there's so much around the way we think about our work and our place in it that really impacts our ability to perform for ourselves, for our people, for our team, for our families. Oh, there's so much that goes in this mindset component. And I find that a lot of times people are like, yeah, 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 I've heard it all before, but it's just, it's too big. Like we have that perfection mindset. I think that's a cultural thing. Like if we, if it's not gonna be perfect, don't do it. So give me a couple of, of tips. Like I mean, we talked about this idea of blocking the calendar and doing these energy builders right before you move into the next section. But what are some other things that we can do throughout the day or throughout the week that are really tactical, really practical things. I can go do this and I can start seeing some of the results that you're talking about. Yeah. So some of the more tactical things that, that I try to teach and, and talk about with my dads is, is building key assets 
into your business and then building key assets into your home life. In fact, I usually will talk about three key assets and I do it like one, three on one hand and three on the other because there's six in total, but they're two separate categories, right? Three in our business. For me, the first is creating a client journey playbook. So tactically, what does that look like? As a football coach, because that's kind of my background too, I've been a football coach. In the football world, a playbook tells you what to do, when to do it in order to produce the maximum success, right? Then you can measure it, then you can take away, you can, you can see things because you're intentional about the journey that you're taking or intentional about the plays that you're running. In our business, we should do the same thing. And, and so how does that look? What are some tactical things about that? Well, I believe every business should sit down at least for an hour a week and look at numbers. They should look at numbers on how many people, it's your marketing numbers first, how many people are hitting your ads if you're running ads, how many people are hitting your site, how many people are converting into a lead, it's into your sales next, right? How many are getting into a selling conversation, how many people are buying, right? So basic KPI stuff or key performance indicators. I'm not gonna go deep into that, but have you blocked off, going back to time blocking, an hour to look at those things? Then from there, this is where I think people miss out though, do you have time blocked off now once you look at those numbers to strategize? So I'm gonna give a, a framework here for a second. It's called Sabre, okay? So first is strategy. So let's block off time to look at numbers and then let's strategize, right? As a football coach, I spent every Saturday looking at the past game and strategizing for our upcoming game. Okay, so Sabre, so strategy, right? The next thing is architect. Maybe the most missed part of a client journey playbook or people's business is a strategy is a lot like Pinterest. And I know my wife, uh, she, we've built a couple homes and anytime that you go into building a home, man, it's Pinterest central with my wife <laughs> and it's all these ideas, but you can't take Pinterest over to a general contractor and say, go build this. You got to take it to an architect and an architect now can take that idea that we just talked about. So let's say our leads are hitting a page but they're not converting to become, become a lead of ours. Okay, cool. Let's go strategize. Well, we could try a video on the page. We could try an opt-in. We could try a free download, a webinar. Those are all strategies. Those are great. But now we need to turn that into tactical blueprints that we can go build. Whatever the strategy might be, right? And, and you might think about this uh, in, in your guys' business. If you're having technicians go show up to somebody's house and then they're leaving and the clients aren't satisfied. Well, how do we strategize about making that happen? Great. Well, now we need to tactically put it into something, into a blueprint that we can actually go implement. And so architecture is literally a step-by-step -step process. For me, I like to draw it out. I mean, it's this email and then it's this task and then it's this to do. Then we're going to wait five minutes and then we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Sounds like the guy that builds funnels or used to for a living. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Yeah. But I, And I've built this this type of process, this architecture, man, it works whether you're gonna go hire software or whether you're gonna go hire a person, it works still. And so that's the most important part of this is that we strategize and we have all these million dollar ideas, but they die because we never architect them. Yeah, I think a lot of that, we've all heard this before, stop working in the business, start working on the business. And that's exactly what you're talking about here. We all talk about with our friends and our buddies and our peers and our, our mentors, all these cool ideas. But then we get back to the office and we're like, oh, I got 600 emails to reply to and 30 voicemails. And, and we have these ideas, but they never go anywhere. So I love that. So what's after architecture? So it's architect. So it's strategy, architect, build, whatever it is, build, right? Just because it works really good with Sabre, right? So build, then it's evaluate and repeat. 
That's the Sabre framework. So it sounds a little like lean to me, right? Like <laughs> build, measure and... Yep, absolutely. But following that process and, and, and going back to what we said before, time blocking it off though, so that you know that, because that's the key thing. How do we tactically go do that? You go do it, right? It's action and go block it off right now because we're all busy. It's so easy when we're working, especially when we're working for ourselves and we've got clients, we've got a service. It's so easy to be like, I don't have time to go architect something. I don't have time to go come up with new strategies right now. I need to go service my clients. Absolutely. That's where we talk about a little bit of investing ourselves though, right? Once we've blocked off our time, great. Invest a little bit on the ends. Right now, maybe I gotta stay up just a little bit later and I gotta invest a little bit more. And an investment exchange of something of lesser value for something of greater value. So go invest a little bit of time to build those things in. And if you're struggling for time, then I would hire some software to make your life a whole lot easier. There's amazing software technology tools that are out there that can help you manage basically every element of your business. Go strategize what you're struggling with. Look at your business and look at your life. Hey, I'm struggling with, with this, this, and this. Cool, now you can go to freaking Google and type in software that does X, Y, and Z and a million things will pop up. Yeah. Go hire that and you'll gain some more time back into your life. We talk to owners all the time. One of the cornerstones to our program is getting software in to help people with recruiting. People are like, there's software for that? I'm like, there's software for everything. And yes, there is some really good software to help you with that. I think there's some great lessons in that that, and as I hear you talk, like I'm picturing what this might look like, but you know, the, one of the things I say is I believe that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so there's this opportunity to create some habits here. And what I heard you say is don't just go time block for your family. You got a time block at work because otherwise there's an opportunity for those for, for work to just bleed into the time block you have for your family. Like you almost have to say, hey, I'm going to go create this habit of time blocking and, and really figuring out what's important and getting it done and creating those opportunities for energy as I move from one block to the next. But I can't just do it at home. I can't just do it at work. I got to do it in both places almost simultaneously, which can sound like a heavy lift. And I'm sure that there's some people going, hey, Jordan, this is awesome. It sounds great. But whoa, does it sound like this might be tough for me to get around or, or, or something like that. But I know that you have some opportunities like there's if people like this and they're and they're latching onto it, there's a way they can reach out to you. And you've got a group that they can join. You've got some training, I believe, coming out soon. Like, let's talk about that for a little bit. How do people learn more about what you do? And then tell us how to contact you if someone wants to work with you. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And I think to, to your point, too, if anybody feels over, overwhelmed at any point, get simple, start simple. And that's the key thing. I think, I think the unique thing that, that I try to always bring to the table is that football coach mentality where I'm dealing with, you know, high school age kids and, and, you know, college age kids, and you have to keep things simple. So any point, no matter where you are in your life and in your business and at home and anything like that, if you feel overwhelmed, just get back to what's most important, get simple and start there get simple. We, we tend to make things way more complicated than they need to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're we're, talking about. <laughs> we're, we're all guilty of it, but get simple. And if you focus on that, everything starts to just fall into line. 
So get simple. But as far as, as coming in and hanging out with us, man, we do, we've got a free Facebook group for entrepreneur dads. It's called Present Entrepreneur, Freedom in Your Business and Impact at Home. Like look, you can look us up on Facebook. I can even shoot a link to you, Ryan, but come join us, come hang out with us. We're constantly doing trainings in there. We've got dads from literally all over the world. You know, we've got dads in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, everywhere in the world, the UK. We've got amazing people in there. And, and the primary purpose of that group is, is for iron to sharpen iron. That's the whole point of it, that we can come together as dads, as entrepreneurs, as aspiring entrepreneurs. We've got so many dads in that group who aren't there yet, but want to be. And they're there to just gain that support and that collaboration from other dads. So you can come hang out with us there, but you're absolutely right. We're starting what we've realized in the group. And what I've realized is that there's an appetite to learn the process that I found and I discovered and, and really I fell into. I'm an entrepreneur who never meant to be one. And like I said before, when I saw that picture, it woke me up and I just, I had to find a way to be present with my family while building a successful business and, and putting food on the table. And there was a process and a formula, I call it the free to impact formula that I found and it's worked for me. And it's what I've applied with all of my agency clients and, and everybody that I've worked with since that time. And so we're putting together an education arm right now of our business. We even have, we talk about software and technology. We've been working really hard behind the scenes to customize our own marketing automation CRM so that we can give that out to some of our dads as well. And the reality is all of those stuff can be actually found on our website, thepresententrepreneur.com. You'll find out more about the education, the agency, our software, and really our whole mission of trying to help as many entrepreneurs learn to be more present and impactful in their homes. Because that's, that's the most important thing. The most important and greatest impact that any of us will ever make will happen within the walls of our own home. But if you're worried about putting food on the table, you'll never be present at it. So we've got to stabilize our business so that we can be more present and powerful at home. Wow, that's great. So I will have a link to the Facebook page. You've also got a website. I believe it's thepresententrepreneur.com. Is that right? Yes, sir. Lots of cool stuff happening over there. It's fantastic. I'll have all those links in the show notes. Jordan, thank you so much. I learned a lot. Like I said, this was really personal for me being an, a dad entrepreneur, an entrepreneur who's also a dad or a dad who's also an entrepreneur. Depends on how you want to look at it, right? And a lot of great takeaways and some things there. And I will be joining that Facebook group because I want to learn more and I want to see what's going on in there. Thanks again. No, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. And, and I love what you're up to. And I love your mission. I think we need more blue collar mentality just in the world. And so I love what you're up to. And I, and I appreciate it. And I've really enjoyed this conversation and this opportunity. Thanks again, Jordan. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.